1: Dane Bruegler is a NFL draft expert for The Athletic. He puts out big boards, mock drafts, leading up to the draft, and uh, he has insider knowledge. He talks to teams. He talks to scouts. He evaluates the players on his own. He takes all that information, he compiles it, and he puts it into his, his product, the, the, the mock drafts and the big boards. He just released a big board update. Drake May, number one overall. Drake May, UNC quarterback, fresh off losses to UVA and Georgia Tech, jumps to number one overall. Now, why would this happen? First of all, let me do the cynical thing here. If you had Caleb Williams as as your number one, and you wanted to keep him as your number one, and you wanted to keep him as your number one, I'm not sure how many people would keep clicking on your big boards as you release big board 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. If you're just like, nope, nothing's changed, still think the same thing. Top 32, identical. People are going to stop visiting your site. So part of it is you do have to change it, right? The the best example I have of this is one, Mel Kuyper is connected, okay? He's a similar style, style uh, mock drafter. At one point in time, a couple of years ago, he had J- Johnny Manziel going number one overall. I think that was purely so people would go number 1 overall. Let me click on this link, right? It was like he does I don't know nine mock drafts like mock draft 5.0 had Johnny Manziel number 1 overall. Uh, number 6 and number 4 had him, you know, in the 20s. <laughs> it's like all right, one of these is not like the others. I think you were pulling my leg. So partial part of it partially is I do think you have to mix it up. You have to change it up just to get clicks. Not accusing Dane Brugler of anything nefarious, just saying that's part of the business that you have to take into account. The other thing is, I think the way the NFL is playing out this year is really helping Drake May. I think Justin Herbert is really helping Drake May. Justin Herbert's playing well, looking good, doing what what you know the the people expect when you get those gigantic contracts. And guess what? The number one comparison for Drake May is Justin Herbert. Big, tall, strong, laser rocket arm, those types of things. Comes, comes from a uh, a school with a very, very deep connection to Nike, Oregon, and UNC. <laughs> uh, different connections, Jordan Brand versus versus Phil Knight in, in Oregon. But, but you get what I'm saying. I think C.J. C. Stroud is really helping Drake May. Right? Because if you looked at last year's draft, you had the, the cerebral... Uh, extending plays with his feet, throwing on the run, maybe a little undersized player in in Bryce Young. And then you had the more traditional, tall, pocket-passing, kind of exactly the measurables you look for in C.J. Stroud. And C.J. Stroud is, quite frankly, outplaying Bryce Young so far. That's not to say he will forever, but... So what have you done for me lately business? Scouts are looking at it going, all right, we have Caleb Williams, play extending, throwing on the run, creative, or we have the more traditional big, tall, strong, laser rocket arm, Drake May. We just had this decision last year, and and they're going with uh, Drake. Which you, I guess you could argue Bryce Young starting slow might be hurting Caleb Williams a little bit, but I don't think they're very similar much at all. No. I think it's more Drake is – easier to compare to some guys that are doing well i think joe burrow is is like you just you just look at it you know there are cycles of things and it's a copycat league right you want a little bit of heft you want a little bit of size drake may has it also you're looking at some of the the winning quarterbacks from college and you're they're not necessarily it's not it's easier to promote Drake May after two bad losses when you look at the NFL and go wait a second a lot of these guys didn't win a ton in college right? Yeah. J- Justin Herbert was never really in a national championship race. He's doing just fine. Right? Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Uh I mean the the we, we could list a whole bunch. Josh Allen. You could list a whole bunch of them. Josh Allen wasn't winning a ton and had bad stats at Wyoming. Yeah. So so it's like, all right, maybe it's not horrendous that he lost to Georgia Tech, especially when he put up 42 points and threw for a bunch of yards and, and ran for a couple. Uh, I, I do think it's interesting that everyone seems to be – when it comes to putting Drake May above Caleb Williams, it is very much a I'm going to take the steps into the pool Rather than I'm going to go off the diving board into the deep end into the pool from analysts and and draft uh experts around the country right there, there there was the the couple of weeks of I'm hearing that Drake might be above Caleb williams uh I talked to somebody else who may have put Drake May above Caleb Williams. Let me dip my toe on the first step of the, the this pool okay all right I'm seeing it I'm hearing it. And then slowly more to like, you know, I actually really like Drake May. I think he's a – you know, I have him equal with Caleb Williams. And now we're just now getting to the point where you tips over and you're like, you know, this is a point you're maybe waist, maybe a little bit more than waist deep into the pool, and you're finally like, all right, I'm diving under. Like, <laughs> I've made it this far. I might as well go the distance. And now you're, you know, I'm going to get my hair wet. Uh, and, and you dive in. It's, it's going to be a really interesting rundown. It's going to be a really interesting countdown to the draft with the players at the top, and it's going to be with the teams at the top. If Arizona has the number one pick, and they're going quarterback, let's say they move on from Kyler or they decide they're moving on from Kyler. Actually, that, that alone is an interesting question. So let's just say that interesting question gets answered with they're moving on from Kyler. Do they go Caleb Williams, who's a more mobile guy, or do they say, we just had a mobile quarterback here. It didn't work. Let's go for Drake May, who, by the way, is mobile in his, in his own right. Or do they say, we'll stick with Kyler. We'll go Marvin Harrison Jr. Or we'll trade back. If the Chicago Bears, same thing, right? They just had a mobile quarterback. What are they looking for if they get the number one overall pick? There's a lot of interesting questions leading up to the draft. And what looked like, you know, a month ago, Two months ago, it looked like it was going to be ho-hum. Caleb Williams goes one. Drake May goes two or three, depending on who who needs a quarterback. And Marvin Harrison Jr. is two or three, depending on who needs a quarterback. And then from that point on, we'll figure it out. It doesn't look like it's going to be ho-hum anymore. There could be some shakeups. There could be some uh, surprises, which is always more fun especially when you're the Panthers, because like, you don't want it to be super obvious who the best players are if you're giving up a top three pick.
0: I know we only have two minutes left here, but I know the, the obvious ones. Are uh, you so going to do this think, to me again? Yeah, no. But who do you think might actually make like, a splash move like the Panthers did this past year and move up, jump to one or two to take either one of these guys? We know that Arizona and Chicago are probably going to be looking mm-hmm. for somebody if Arizona decides to move on yep. from Kyler Murphy. But let's say they don't.
1: Because they can't move that contract. How much? Would Who it, jumps up? Well, the hard part is, it, then it depends who's number two. Yeah. Because, uh, like, I would if if I had to trade up for a quarterback, I would very much feel comfortable with Caleb or Drake. Yeah. So I don't know how much I would pay to go get the first one. Mm-hmm. Right. It, knowing that the second one is there, unless whoever's drafting second definitely needs a quarterback, then then all of a sudden the value goes through the roof again. I would trade a lot for either of them. I would also uh and I said this preseason just so everybody knows I'm not reorganizing history. if I needed a quarterback, I would have made sure I bottomed out this year because the better scenario is not needing to trade up to get one of them to already be there uh so I would have if i if I needed a quarterback and I wasn't a contender this year, you better believe we I'd be very very bad this year and not not like telling my coach and players to stink. Just by organizing a team of young players that I want to see how they can do, but they probably don't have a realistic chance of winning. You can say it's ugly. You can say it's not the way to play. I would call it franchise planning and forward thinking and say I'm gonna be bad for one year so I can be good for 20 years. Okay. So give me a team. Uh that would trade up? Yeah. That um, might be like 10, but wants to jump up. Um Tampa Bay. Okay. Um Tennessee. Maybe they got Will Levis? Well, depending on Will Levis. Washington. Ah, Sam how. Uh, uh there there's there's a, a handful. Atlanta? Atlanta. Um if Matt Stafford retires, the Rams. Oh, there you go. Do they have their first pick? I feel like they never do. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruta, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call.
0: No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement.
1: Call 800 691 3215 You can also text Tim to six hundred-seven hundred. That's T I M to six zero zero seven zero zero. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial Advisory Group. The college basketball teams in the area tipping it off for real, but before they they tip it off for real, they got to tip it off for fake. Enter exhibition season. Yes. Now, you may say, oh, they're going to play a couple of Division II teams, a handful of Division II teams. Yep. Guess what? Louisville lost to a Division II team in their exhibition. Oh, yeah. Kentucky Wesleyan caught them slipping. 68 and that's that's not, by the way, just a pile on Louisville. Uh, the Kentucky Wesleyan squad is a Division II team that's finished, picked to finish eighth in their Division II league. They beat an oh. ACC school Ugh. in an exhibition. Gosh. So when, when Duke takes on UNC Pembroke tonight, Pembroke tonight in Cameron Indoor Stadium, uh... Just make sure you don't lose, and it's a win. Make yeah. sure everybody stays healthy. Make sure you don't get louisville and move on. We already saw UNC play St. Augs. We're gonna they, talk about it. We are gonna talk about it for that's sure. What they needed to do. Uh, NC State also playing tonight against Mount Olive, and as you just heard Dennis bring up, uh, UNC uh, talk about not losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won 117 to 53 against St. Augustine.
0: I mean, as they should.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not yeah. reporting that as if it's surprising news. I'm just reporting it as if it happened. It just it did happen. 117 53. Um maybe they should have turned the scoreboard off. Just I mean more than doubling them up seems aggressive. I mean, it happens. Um there are certain things we can learn. One, I mean about that UNC game. You I mean 117 to 53. What in the world can you learn about that? How about pace? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. How about playing on air, getting to 117 in one game is kind of impressive, right? You're getting up and down. Elliot Cadeau, we talked with Hubert Davis, their head coach, about turning the keys over to Elliot Cadeau as as a point guard on a team with a whole bunch of veterans, right? You have R.J. Davis back. You have uh, Armando Baycott back. You have guys that have played a lot of basketball. And Cadeau, who's a freshman, looks like he's going to be the guy – with the ball in his hands kind of setting things up. Well, guess what? I don't think they're going to be old school, right, walking it across midcourt uh, with, his with you know, dribbling in the right hand, left hand above his head going, one-four low, one-four low. Let's set it up. Princeton offense, motion, guys. Four <laughs> like- <laughs> corners. <laughs> I don't think – yeah, we're not going Hoosiers. Got to pass it four times before we shoot. I don't think they're going to be doing that. It's going to be get the ball in Cadeau's hands or R.J. Davis or any of their ball handlers and go. Armando Baycott will reward the big fellow for running the floor. Uh let's get let's get up and let's get running. Seven seconds or less, right? Whatever you want. There's a bunch of different Arkansas, There's a bunch of different iterations you could pull from. I chose the Phoenix Sun seven seconds or less, but they're going to run. Right? The the exhibition, you're not going to show everything, but you're going to want to like warm up what you do, right? If you're a triple option team in football, you have an exhibition game, you're not going to go out there and sling it 57 times. You may not show every little nuance of your game, but you don't get to 117 without running. I think pace is something you can take away from one of the exhibitions. Also, things like who's going to start, right? Because, uh, you know, football doesn't get exhibitions, at least not Division I, right? Uh-uh. We when I played, we used to do essentially an exhibition, which was a scrimmage in the middle of training camp and it wasn't an exhibition in that like we're gonna play four quarters like they do in bath and do you know do the whole thing. but what it was was all right, hey, we know how to warm up for practice we need to make sure the freshmen know where you know where do the running backs warm up on the field before the game. We don't want the freshman running back running out there head on a swivel going like, wait where do I stretch right you have to get we, we need to know when the kickers need to be out there. We need to know when we need to be off the field so we don't get caught standing for the national anthem because you want to be inside where you can respect the national anthem appropriately, but also uh, you know, not, not have to, to you know, get stiff or whatever it is. There's, there's a whole bunch of different things that go into um, a, a pregame. One of the things is like, who's going to start? Right? You, you don't want to surprise anybody with like, I thought I was going to start and have that, have that not happen. Jared McCain is going to start for Duke tonight, according to reports. Jared McCain will be the only freshman in the starting lineup. Jeremy Roach, Tyrese Proctor, Mark Mitchell, Kyle Filipowski returned from the starting lineup last year. They bring in four stud freshmen. Talking five stars, you're talking high four stars, you're talking top 50 recruits in the country. They bring in a bunch of them. They're the second-ranked recruiting class in the entire country, according to 247 Sports. Only one of them had a starting job open. Because the four guys that are returning likely weren't going to give it up, at least not to start the year. You got to play bad to lose your starting job or play not up to par. Jared McCain's that guy. Jared McCain, by the way, I don't know if anybody in the country has better press coming out of preseason. We talked to, to uh, John Shire, head coach of, of mm-hmm. Duke, during the offseason, middle of the offseason. And he talked about how Jared McCain and Caleb Foster, another one of the freshmen, were first in, last out, hard workers, all these sorts of things. I was like, wow, that I mean they haven't been on campus that long. Then we talked to John Shire again at ACC tip-off, and we get talking about a story about Shire as a high schooler. All right. Shire as a high schooler reportedly challenged himself to not leave the gym as a high schooler until he made 50 consecutive free throws. 50. 5-0. He got all the way to 49 missed number 50 has to be heartbreaking made 49 straight said I'm leaving if I make the next one missed it his dad is at the gym saying just come home his coach is going listen to your dad he looked at him and said no I have to make 50 stayed until he made 50 then went home so we're talking about that story I asked John Shire who on your team is most likely to be that maniacal of a gym rat he said Jared McCain a freshman He's got Tyrese Proctor on the team, who is the the fourth sophomore captain in Duke basketball history. That wasn't the choice. He has Kyle Filipowski, the the ACC preseason player of the year, reigning rookie of the year, reigning rookie of the year. Not that guy, Mark Mitchell, who I like his his kind of uh, reputation is as a grinder, glue guy, do it all guy. Mm-hmm. Not him. Jeremy Roach, the upperclassman that's passed on the NBA a couple times. Not him. It was the freshman who's been on campus less than a year, Jared McCain. So he's he's and now he's starting. First game. That's uh it's a lot of preseason accolades for a guy that has yet to play a, a single dribble of legitimate college basketball. And then NC State, they they're lining up against Mount Olive tonight, 7 p.m. I'm still excited. I mean, they, they are transfer you. Yeah. They, they brought seven more transfers this year. They had a bunch of them last year. Even going back to the year before, Casey Morsell, who who we've talked to, DJ Burns is somebody everybody has to learn how to play with. Their exhibitions take on a different vibe simply because I think they're still building chemistry. Heck, they're going to be building chemistry into 10, 12 games into the year. We talked to Casey Morcell at ACC Tip Off. He said his role as a leader is kind of to make sure everybody's being included, everybody's involved. He's hosting things to make sure the whole team is there to incorporate and include the new transfers. That was last week we were talking to him about it. So their exhibition, I mean, as a guard, I mean, Casey Morcell as a guard, all right, well, you know, where do these players like to like the ball? One big question for NC State moving forward
0: was, uh, is MJ Rice, the transfer that's coming in from Kansas. Uh, healthy at, enough. It, it, yeah, he's back with, working with the strength and the conditioning coach. I know as of last week, not sure if he's actually back practicing yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a – if he's not back right away, okay, that's fine. You want him healthy come ACC time, you know, ACC schedule and, time.
1: And State fans are reading the tea leaves on that one. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is – uh, I saw a social media post that was just his face, but he was, like, sweaty and looked like he was breathing hard. Yeah. And everyone's like, what does that mean? Is he back? I'm like, or he was on the, the, the exercise bike doing a Peloton workout. Yeah. He, like, there's there's a lot of different ways to get a workout in when you're maybe not ready for full court ACC basketball. Well, the thing with NC State, and this also applies to North Carolina as well cuz North Carolina has a
0: bunch of transfers in too. Yep. So how Harrison do these Ingram. so how do these guys all blend together? How does everyone
1: buy into their role? What is their role? Exactly. Like you can you like, got to figure that stuff out. You may you may be excited to buy into a role, right? Mm-hmm. You may say I hey, I just want to do like you may be a true team first player. I want to do whatever's best for the team but have no clue what is best for the team yet. Like do we need shooters? Do we need hustle guys? Do we need somebody to to like if you're a guard, right, a wing, we'll go wing, because that's what everyone in in basketball is nowadays, right? Positionless basketball, everyone six, seven, long arms, and you just play wing. Uh, let's say you're a wing, do you need to be a spacer and shooter on offense, or do you need to drive and have the the defense collapse on you, so the other shooters can have space to 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 shoot? Or are you the the six seven wing that needs to crash the boards because your bigs need help rebounding? There's a bunch of different roles you can play. You gotta figure out which it is. And and yes, training camp helps. Yes. Coaches telling you what to do helps. But at the same time, some of that stuff you just gotta be out there and figure out for yourself. Sometimes you just you just gotta play basketball in meaningful minutes and see what works.